So if you are a business owner, I belong to some high-level masterminds, and we were talking about Instagram a few days ago and what's working today, what's not. They said, and actually the group of people that were involved in this conversation all agreed that carousels are working much, much better today on Instagram than anything else. So we've started doing more, more carousels with our communications and our advertising uh, on LinkedIn. So I wanted to pass that little bit of information on because social media is so, so important and there's so many different things, so many changes that are always happening on social media. So this is something that a $50,000 a year mastermind uh, had yield as what is working right now for them. All right. Remember, if you are an accredited business owner, Come check us out at investinsquarefeet.com. Again, that's investinsquarefeet.com. We're a collection of business owners who all invest in real estate together to be able to earn better returns for everyone because we go in as a group uh, on various different investment opportunities. So again, if you're interested in investing in real estate, come and check us out, investinsquarefeet.com. Today, we're going to be talking to Aaron Yesen, who is going to be talking a lot about design and just how important it is when you are taking into consideration what you're going to be doing to the various different spaces. So if you're a real estate investor and you are contemplating, should you create a little bit better design or should you not create a little bit better design? Aaron has some inside information on just what that type of decision can make on your bottom line profits. That was, that's very interesting that you're thinking that way, because really, I think more of what happened there is that my father's father, my grandfather, who unfortunately passed away quite young, so I didn't really know him, was really an entrepreneur. And my father's grandmother, who also passed away young, of course, would have been my great grandmother, didn't meet her. And they lived in the Boston area. My grandfather had a chain of uh, women's clothing stores, and he actually had some multifamily properties. And he was apparently always buying and selling something and trading something. Really classic entrepreneur. And for my father, he really was more focused on this kind of academic training and then working somewhere. So I feel like he had this itch that he never really scratched the right way. And so he would always kind of talk to me in, in, about those kinds of things mm -hmm. um, and definitely really encouraged me uh, early on to look at real estate because I think he saw that I didn't buy it directly. I can help, help my son. Maybe he's interested. And it connected to things that I was doing as a, a, an artist. You're always looking for studio space and mm -hmm. that's going to be in a building somewhere. So there's a direct kind of connection to thinking about real estate and potentially buying some real estate. Yeah. 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 You, you mentioned that you're you're a fine arts major. You just mentioned that you're an artist. What was your, what's your material of choice, your media of choice? Uh, that I, I've actually worked in a variety of different media. I would say in the last 10, 15 years, uh, there's been a lot of photographic work, photographic photography and, and kind of installation connected to the photography with some related video and video installation work. And it's, and this is really coming out of also gives you another connection into the real estate. It's coming out of you know, some uh, paintings that I was making for, for quite a while that were very structural, 
geometric. And that actually also connected to architecture because a lot of the photography that, uh, that I take images that I make are of architectural subjects and I'm putting them together and creating more abstract images from the photographs. Got it, but got there's it. a lot of looking at architecture and architectural details in the process. And it's a kind of study of language in a sense, yeah. design yeah. language. Are you attracted to any specific type of architecture? Is it more, more church, more Gothic type architecture? What's the choice of yours? Would you say? Certainly, I spent a good some time in Italy, and and definitely when I was there, I, I certainly felt very Catholic because I was in churches all the time. Yeah, and yeah. And, and some of those are some of the high points of uh, uh, Italian Italian Renaissance uh, architecture. Um, in this absolutely extraordinary architectural works that I think everyone should visit. Um, but I would say from a, a design standpoint, I'm definitely more attracted to 20th century uh, architecture, mid-century modern, modernist architecture. Mm -hmm. And there's a group, just give you a little more kind of academic history. There was a you know, group that kind of emerged in Europe called the Bauhaus. And a lot of modernist architects worked through a similar design language coming out of that school. And there was also a, a connection from that school to Chicago, because when a lot of those uh, professors and working architects fled Europe uh, during World War II, uh, there were a handful of them that moved to Chicago and, and started the, the Design Institute at, at Illinois Institute of Technology. Um, so there's a kind of connection there to where I was in school at the time. And I definitely had a relationship with that kind of design thinking. Yeah, yeah that's, cool. that's cool. I love being I love able being to there. you understand some of those influences and all of that. So let, let's jump into the, let's jump into what you're currently doing today. We had talked about the new construction that you're working on and you're doing all the design. Talk a little bit about how all of this that we just covered has culminated into what you're currently working on today. So we're at, I'm a partner in a, a business that's called Hive Developers, and we are focusing on building new construction, ground up new construction, residential condominiums in Brooklyn. So that's the specific type of asset class uh, that, that we're working on. And we have two projects in process, and they're both what would be technically called new buildings, as opposed to, you can do alterations that could even be almost an entirely new building, but we're, we're doing specifically new buildings with these two projects, which re requires some demolition, excavation, foundation, starting from even before you break ground, because there's something there in Brooklyn typically. So that's what we're focused on. And I would say my, my brain works in an, an interesting way. I have a little, particularly for an artist, there's definitely a perception of artists that are more on one side, right? Um, I have both hemispheres that are either working together or, or conflicting with each other. So it's that more structural side uh, that's combining with the more artistic side. And I, I've done a lot of work in the past as well, very high level project management. I worked for an, an artist and designer, design director for the studio for quite a few years. And, and in that uh, capacity really facilitated some significant projects where we were working with architects and interior designers. So there's a, a, a real language that was developed and a process that was developed uh, during those years. And the work that I'm doing now really is intended to br bring all of that together. So I can yeah. manage the projects and also think through all the details, the design details of the, of the project. And there's a lot of things that happen between one, one and the other. And I, I like to 
call them the gaps in the process. And, and it's through those gaps that often things happen that you don't necessarily want to have happen. And a lot of people aren't thinking through those. So I, I do feel that my unique background allows me to understand where, where some of those gaps are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have the architect or the artistic ability to be able to envision what potentially can be, and then you have the structural side of things or the engineering mind, if you will, to be able to say, okay, that's pushing the boundary a little bit too much. We need to bring this back and bring this in. And this is how it you know, would work. So you're able to go on both sides of that. Yeah. And, it, and it's also just stepping back from that even a little bit more too, just process oriented the management of, of the process because you could get both of those things right. And then if it's not phased in the right way, or you're not thinking through the details, or there's someone that's working on site that's trying to interpret what they're intending to do, then that's where you also get gaps. And that's yeah. where things come up that maybe don't get built in the, the way they should, or they do get built incorrectly and then you have to correct them. So that can add costs as yeah. well to projects. So there's, it affects the budgets, it affects the, the time and the schedule, and of course, the, the outcome. So there's a lot of all of that that's it's the umbrella over the entire process. Yeah. Talk a little bit about some of those things that you would want to try to push into a project, like you're, you, or that you would stress, like, this needs to happen because it's going to give us this result or this focus or whatever it might be. Is there anything that, that comes to mind, like from a design standpoint that you would say you want to try to focus in on these types of additions? Um, and then conversely to that, maybe stay away from these types of things that may not add as much value or may not be as desirable in the end product. So I would start in answering that question with a point where I'd like to start often, which is to de debunk a, a, what I think is a real myth that if you spend more money, you'll have a better outcome. But in, people think that specifically for many, in many ways, but definitely specifically on, from a design standpoint. If I buy all these more expensive materials or appliances that I will have a better outcome. And that may or may not be the case. You could get a horrible outcome by spending a lot of money if it's not not designed and not uh, built correctly. So I, I would hesitate. I, I would recommend people to remove that kind of thinking and then start from the position uh, where I definitely like to start, which is that you know it's really being thoughtful in the process. And thoughtfulness just re it requires stepping back a little bit and really thinking through where it is that you want to go and then planning accordingly to, to try to get there. And of course, budget's a, a, a factor in that. You might not have the same budget for one project that you have for another project. It doesn't mean that you can't achieve a, a fantastic outcome if you're being thoughtful and really thinking through where you're trying to get to. And then that's directing you specifically from a process standpoint. If you're doing, say for example, there's probably people listening to this that might focus on renovation or rehabilitation projects. What do you, where are you starting from and what can you do with that? Where would you like to get to and what might that look like? So step back from the beginning and, and, and think through that. And then there are some layers on top of it, depending on what your existing market is. What are people interested in that, in seeing in that market? Would they rather have two bathrooms that are of a certain size, certain appliances in the kitchen, a certain layout for the kitchen. Maybe it's more open uh, than enclosed, thinking about kind of 
proportionality of spaces and and windows and types of windows and you know, these are all different details and they need to come together to create what it is that you're going to experience in the end so in, instead of and what i often see happen is that particularly with the value add type situation is that things happen very piecemeal oh, we're going to do this and this and then there's not that stepping back from the beginning to think about how do all those things come together and and then how do they feel? What, what, what kind of uh, quality does that create uh, once it's completed? And it's easy these days. We're talking about AI tools or other types of software that's really helpful to move you along in, a, in any process more quickly. There's a lot of tools out there right now where you can block out a space, digital tools. What does the kitchen look like? What is the bathroom? And then look at it together. Look at your floor plans and, and things like that that can really help you do that. So I, I encourage thoughtfulness in the process. And then in addition, I know this is a long answer, but in addition yeah. to it just being about the aesthetics of it, design, particularly in, in relation to uh, architecture and buildings, is it's about a lot more than that. Because look, you could install a fantastic kitchen and a fantastic bathroom, but if you haven't integrated the HVAC system with it successfully, you might have a very cold bathroom and a very hot kitchen or different variations within uh, the apartment or the house that you just renovated. So you need to think through those uh, systems as well. And there's a design to, to those systems and a functionality uh, requirement. So that's all part of that process to be thoughtful from the beginning and think about how it's all going to come together and work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. As you were going through and talking about the various different elements that go in to create this experience, something popped into my head, and it was an article that I had just recently seen that I didn't read it, but it was, the headline was something to the effect of, is this the death of open space layouts or floor plans, right? Talk a little bit about what coming from from a, a desirable de desirability standpoint are there any things that seem to be moving in a direction where this is going to be more popular in the future and does anything resonate with you that you can can talk about like you, you should probably start maybe thinking about these types of things or this type of layout is it the death of open spaces like does that is that starting to get out of out of fashion, out of vogue. Any thoughts as far as that's concerned? I think on that question, there's different tastes and preferences. And sometimes we move one way or the other in terms of those tastes and preferences. And it, th there's some relationship to, to local markets as well and what people might be looking for. So that's something that anyone that's getting involved with the project should definitely dig into and, 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 and get a sense of a kind of a, a renter or buyer profile locally. But you know, stepping back from there, there's definitely um, a lot of systems that are important to start to think about and implement in, in new construction that, that definitely do relate to what it is that we can use to build today. We can use much more energy efficient windows that will create a better building envelope and then create uh, a much more comfortable space and also lower your energy costs monthly, for example. And there's newer and better appliances that we can get today that are really, I think, important to integrate as well as smart building systems. So th there's a lot that can be done to tie all these things together to just produce a better, a better, more comfortable home. And, I, and people definitely notice it and they appreciate it. And, it, and again, it's not strictly tied to cost. There's potentially some cost to it, but you can do a lot of it without 
significantly increasing your costs. And a lot of these things that are out there, you you do have to look a little bit more. I definitely encourage people to, there's, you go to Home Depot or Lowe's, for example, and in, in my opinion, they sell a lot of variations of the same thing. And most of them aren't very good. And so you got to look and, and dig a little bit deeper. But even just from an, a kind of an average standpoint, like I think there's a lot you can get at, at Ikea that is really well designed. Some of it's not made that or doesn't last that long. They have a very unique model and they have a lot of designers that have worked for the company for many years. And there's definitely a thoughtfulness in how they approach things. So it, it's a combination of some of these things. Certainly like if you think about kitchens, right? There's lots of great kind of cabinet features that you can get today. And they're certainly worth looking at. I, I like them. I think most people like them. Uh, and if you compare them to you know older kitchens, it's going to be a, a huge upgrade in just the functionality of your kitchen, which just makes the kitchen so much better. Yeah. So yeah. those kinds of things. That, yeah. I, I, my, my mind went also to, you were talking a few minutes ago about um, maybe having to evaluate specific influences that might be in an area or, or make sure that you under what, what the, what the expected experience looks like in any one area. And I almost feel like everyone feels like if we just put a new building in or we put a new kitchen in, people are going to love it. Right. Can you talk a little bit about your thought process when it comes to integrating an existing structure or existing facility and again those elements that you want to pay attention to make sure that you do get that intended experience rather than just putting in like you said putting in new cabinets wherever they came from you could go to home depot and get the whatever those special things are you can go to designer and get better looking cabinets but you mentioned again it, it might not necessarily fit in with what people are expecting in that area. So I guess my question is how to make sure that when you are approaching a project that you are delivering a product that's going to be desirable for an area, not just new. Because I think that's a common misconception is people think it's new, it's going to be it's going to be desirable, right? Like tying that together. Does that make right, sense? Right, right. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I'll give you a slightly different kind of take on an, on an approach, Jack, because I think it's a it's an example that would be easier to understand. There's a lot of commercial buildings out there right now that are, are not occupied, as well as some older properties. And so the, it's an easy example to look at. Let's say you've got, this is actually a, a, a building that uh, I was looking at with someone in Columbus, Ohio, in, in the, the center of the city. The buildings around uh, 100, 110 years old, really a gorgeous building. And when I look at a, a building like that, I think, okay, there's a design language that already went into the building itself. I don't want to come in and just, even if you're gutting everything, like how can you think about what it is that you're working with and working on so that there's a consistency that you get to in the end? Because people will, they'll, they'll, they'll experience that. You're walking, there's this kind of curb quality of the building and the building is a historic property. With a property like that, I would want that experience to be translated into the interior of the building as well. And I would certainly feel uh, very different if I knew I'm looking at this gorgeous historic property and then I walk into it and it's like someone just, they gutted the whole thing, but they did not, they were not sensitive to what it is that they were working with and working from. And then they've just gutted it and come up with something very cookie cutter on the inside that wouldn't give me the same experience. 
So what is it that you're starting with? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And how can you be, how can you respect what that is? And it, and it could be that the respect for a building, because there's a lot of buildings that were built, let's say in the seventies and the eighties that just, you know, weren't designed that well, but certainly have potential to be renovated. So how can you at least respect something about what was there with the intention that you can, you can improve on it in the right way, working with where you're starting from. So again, it's a, a thoughtfulness because what I have seen is that, again, it's ripping out everything and then it takes something historic and makes it not historic or approaching a, an older building that wasn't great in the first place and not trying to improve the experience of the building itself. Just, okay, we'll change out the windows and the bathrooms and still an ugly building, but <laughs> we did what yeah. we could. <laughs> and, and I'm glad that you went there to, to end that statement because I, last year, actually in Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, we were looking at an opportunity that had a great cost basis to it. And actually I have family in Columbus, so we we're there for the holidays. So I took a spin by this place and it actually used to be an old hospital from a cost standpoint, the numbers worked great, but the feeling that I got just the structure was ugly. It was, it looked like it was a couple of different buildings that were put together with different walkways and platforms. The feeling that I got pulling into the, into the parking lot, even I even went to like the shining side of things where I wonder how many people died here. Right. And is this going to be what other people think when they come in here? Did somebody die in my, in my kitchen at some point? Right. Just, I feel like there's something to be said there that you should definitely be paying attention to not just the numbers, right? Because a lot of people might say, well, that's a great deal that you look at what we're going to be able to achieve, but what is that experience going to be that people are going to be drawn to that particular asset property, however you want to you know, look at it? Are they going to be drawn to it or are they going to be repelled by it no matter what the, the pricing is? So there, there's something there. I feel it's not all about the numbers. You have to be cognizant of what that end experience is going to be as well. Does that resonate? Would you yeah, agree? Absolutely. Completely. Because, and I think this is a terrific example because you can look at something like that and it might look fantastic on your uh, Excel model, right? Oh, this is incredible. The numbers look great. I'm getting these comps. If I'm doing this, it's this size. I compare it to this, but that may be very far from an apples to apples comparison, right? It might be that all those other properties have something where they're more rentable. They're just uh, they're a better product, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can get to that, so it might be a project like that. You look at it and think, I'm not going to be able to get there with this. Even though the numbers look great, it adds a significant amount of risk in terms of what we're going to get to. And it would be better to pass on it. Or potentially you could see how to do it in a way where you can get to a point where people are going to have a great experience when they come to the property and visit the property and look, and look at the apartments, whether it's a rental building or, or a condo building, either, either way. So that it, it the, the thoughtfulness in the process, it can help in two ways. One is that uh, you can definitely get more money. People will respond to something and they'll definitely pay a little bit more for it. And the other is just your your... Uh, if it's a sale product, it's uh, an absorption question, right? If you just have a product that looks better, it, you're going to have uh, more quick, you're going to, it's going to be more quickly absorbed into the market, which will really help your bottom line. And, or if you're renting, you're going to keep your tenants longer because they're going to like where they live. And then they're going to compare it to other 
properties and think this one's better. I, I, I like it. And then you know, people are going to be happier in your building and they're going to talk to their neighbors and that's going to create a whole experience in your community. So then you're going to have, you're going to rent faster. You'll have a lower vacancy and you'll also probably be able to increase the rent. So on multiple levels, it will can really help drive the value uh, of your asset. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And obviously the name of the podcast here is invest in square feet, which, you know, you, you touched on that briefly. They're making sure that you are comparing what the other things are in the area. Are they larger? Are they smaller? Because when people walk in and, and think, can I move here? They're picturing, where's my couch going to go? Where's my bedroom set going to go? I'm curious from your perspective, based on a square foot uh, number, do you have any type of calculation what good design can add to a square foot cost or investment? So meaning a well-designed space, what it can capture? And I know that this is a very localized market-specific type question, but any type of thought on what type of premium you might be able to capture with a well-designed space versus a Home Depot design space, for instance? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, great question. I don't think I could put a table where I you, you could conclusively produce uh, a range, but I would put it at between ten and twenty percent. Excellent. Yeah, and I think actually in some cases I've seen it, particularly here in New York City, with certain buildings that there have been record prices achieved based on it being a, a particular unique building that would even exceed the twenty percent mark. Yeah, and is that twenty percent on top of a we'll say poor design? you'll get a little bit of a bump because of the newness, but is it 20% on top of that, would you say? Or is oh, it- you know, That's 20... a very good, yeah, nuanced question. If you're going out and looking at, at, at comps, I would definitely say the one, the, the properties that don't look as good, they're below the median, right? Mm -hmm. I'm saying 10 to 20% from the median, right? So it's okay. here up 10, 20%. But if you're comparing it to that step that's down, it, it could be 30, yeah, yeah, definitely be 30%. And I've seen, of course, apartments and other properties that just linger on the market because they don't show very well. They don't look very good, even if they're priced. I, what I've seen is that if you have a product like that and it's kind of lingering on the market, the only lever that you have is to lower the price. So you're more likely going to be in a position where you have to start to cut your pricing, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yeah. don't cheap out with yeah. the thought process. <laughs> it's not just the materials. It's be thoughtful in what you do because you don't want to be sitting on it and thinking, oh, I have a great comp sheet. I'm definitely going to win on this. And you're like, why isn't it working? Like no one wants to live in your building because <laughs> yeah. there's other ones yeah, yeah, that are yeah. much better. This is one of the subjects that I could just go on and on about forever, but this was a great episode. And I think that you probably all understand just how important it is to incorporate design into your project renovations today. So if you want to learn more from Aaron, go ahead and check him out at designdrivesvalue.com. Again, that was designdrivesvalue.com. And he's got a free ebook there that you can grab that, outlines a lot of what we talked about here today and just how important that design decision actually is in your end products. And again, remember, if you are an accredited business owner interested in investing in real estate to grow your net worth, go ahead and check us out at investinsquarefeet.com. We are a group of business owners who all invest together to be able to earn additional revenue, passive revenue, 
on real estate investment opportunities.